John McMullen covers the Eagles, Jacob Sports, and uh, SI as well. And uh, I, it's, I'm sure it's sad around the organization, John, but also once the dust settles, there'll certainly be a team that can look back and see what they were able to accomplish this year. And then look ahead, obviously, to an offseason now that has, well, quite frankly, a ton of question marks, whether it's Jalen Hurts or the rest of that roster. There's certainly names that could consider retirement this offseason. So just... I guess big picture now looking forward, what what do you see as the priorities for the Eagles this offseason? Because there are some that say, you know, Jalen Hurts, maybe they even wait another year before they pay him. How do you see this offseason playing out for them? Well, uh, you know, typically when you start with Jalen Hurts, first and foremost, I mean, it, it's been Howie Roseman's sort of uh, way of doing business to get things done early. So if you look at the landscape as a whole, if you wait from an Eagles perspective, um, you know, Joe Burrow's coming up for an extension. Justin Herbert's coming up. So the money's going to keep going up. It's going to keep going up, going up, going up. Cost of business, you know, at that position, it's going to be 47 to $52 million average annual value. That's what you're talking about. That's where we are. If the Eagles wait, it's only, as I said, it's only going up. Um, so they're going to, their history says they're going to get a deal done with Jalen. Um, and and then you got to start thinking about building the team a different way. Now, Howie Roseman and, and Jake Rosenberg, who are, are two of the best cap guys in the business, they'll structure the thing right. So you still have the end of his rookie deal on that year you guys are talking about. Uh, so the big money probably won't kick in three years down the road, sort of what they did with A.J. Brown last year at the receiver position. Um, so they'll structure it right, and they have a, a little bit of a window. But when that money kicks in, you saw it with Russell Wilson in Seattle. Then you have to start building your roster a different way. You got to hit on draft picks. You got to get cost-effective starters, and that's sort of where the Eagles are. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the free agents here, uh, and it looks like there's ten defensive guys uh, who could potentially be on the move in terms of free agency. One of the things that was very noticeable in uh, the Super Bowl was just the Eagles' run defense. Uh, and now Jonathan Gannon obviously uh, takes a, a head coaching gig. So in terms of the defense, I think there's a lot of people, pundits, et cetera, that say that the defense is, is going to take uh, a step back. Do you think that that's true? Uh, yeah, I mean, most likely. I mean, it was a second-ranked defense in the NFL. So just from uh, that standpoint, they had a great season. They were 16 yards behind San Francisco from being number one. So it's going to be really hard to duplicate that with a new defensive coordinator. And as you mentioned, you have to make all these decisions uh, up and down uh, the, the, the starters on defense. And, and, you know, so many guys, Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, T.J. Edwards, James Bradbury, um, Marcus Epps, uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, all had career seasons. That's not going to happen again. Yeah. I mean, that's why the sense of urgency to get this done, that's why it's so disappointing for the Eagles to be in that position, to have that lead at halftime. Yeah, I mean, they they had to seize the moment, and they came up just a little bit short. Now you're back down at the bottom of the hill with everybody else, and it's going to be more difficult to, to climb it again. 
And even though it sucks losing in the Super Bowl, I think the encouraging thing was just how Jalen played all year. Like, he looked like a top-five NFL quarterback. He's probably winning the MVP if he doesn't miss those two games. And now you'll have a new play caller coming in. Uh, do you think it's going to be Brian Johnson? Do you think they promote within? Or do you think that maybe they look at, like, another flashy name? Because I really like Brian Johnson. At 36, he's probably going to end up being a head coach here soon. So do you think that most likely that's the route that they go? Yeah, I do for a couple reasons. If they don't elevate him, they're probably going to lose him yeah. uh, to another quarter, especially since Shane Steichen and, and, and Jonathan Gannon got jobs, so they're very familiar with him. And, and remember, you can't block guys from taking coordinator jobs now. So uh, if they don't elevate him, they're going to lose him. But you, you brought up the interesting uh, uh, part of play caller. You know, Nick has told us, Look, he gave up play calling because he and Shane Steichen were were together for years, and and sort of, you know, he knows Shane very well, and he knew that he would uh, uh, seamlessly uh, put in place what he wanted on his offense. He doesn't have that long history with Brian Johnson. He, uh, you know, that was a coach uh, which Howie Roseman and the organization brought to him and said, hey interview this guy he's got a bright future and, and and ultimately Nick hired him but they don't have that long history together so Nick has said when Shane leaves if Shane leaves and now he's gone he might take back play calling so that we're going to have to see how that plays out and if Nick Sirianni feels comfortable enough with Brian Johnson to let him call the plays but I'm very confident he's going to be the Eagles' next uh, OC. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Obviously, Casariani was calling plays last year, gave that up, and then the offense was humming this year. But, I mean, look at all those weapons. I wanted to ask you about the job that Sirianni did. Obviously, this season, uh, great. But what did you think about if you go back and you watch the Super Bowl? You know, there were some critical fourth downs. I thought maybe they should have went for it. What kind of, you know, what kind of grade would you give them for that Super Bowl? Because I saw some people kind of hard on them. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, early in the game in the first half, he, he converted two fourth downs, and he saw that's typically how the Eagles play offense, and that aggression, you know, you think about it from a everything in sports now is a math equation. You think about, well, instead of three downs to get 10 yards, you, you, you got four downs to get 10 yards, and that puts more pressure on the defense. And, and then all of a sudden in the second half, they don't go for it on fourth down, and it comes back to bite them. Now, the difference were – they were deep in their own territory, so it's a little bit more difficult. And obviously the punter doesn't execute and, and, and everything goes. The Eagles didn't play well in the second half. I mean, as a whole, uh, Nick Sirianni did a tremendous job with this team. Um, you know, they were the best team in football for the majority of the season. Uh, they were 16-1 before the Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts on the field. Um they were uh, a well-rounded team. In a lot of ways, you know, Nick Sirianni has become Sean McVay. He's the guy, right? Jonathan Gannon, head coach. Shane Steichen, head coach. We just mentioned Brian Johnson. He's already had interviews for offensive coordinators in other spots. Kevin Petulo's had interviews to become an offensive coordinator. Denard Wilson's had interviews to become defensive co a defensive coordinator. Everybody's looking to this staff like they used to look at Sean's staff. Uh, so that tells you what the rest of the league thinks about Nick Sirianni. Talking to Eagles insider John McMullen, BetMGM tonight. So we've seen 
the season that Jalen Hurts has had, and we understand now the future of you know the contract. Let's put all the contract and all that stuff aside right now because that'll eventually work its, it, itself out. The improvement from year one as a starter to this year for Jalen Hurts has been just absolutely incredible. Certainly a testament to his work ethic. Uh, and the coaching staff and, and what they've been able to do too. Obviously, you're losing the offensive coordinator that really helped him grow. Uh, but what do you think the up, like the the ceiling is for Jalen Hurts? Like, could there be another level? Could we see even more from him? Or are we at the point now where this is kind of taking shape to being who he is? Which, by the way, is an MVP candidate. Yeah, I mean, if this is the ceiling, it's pretty good, right? Yeah. So, I, I mean, you know, Nick has said he doesn't believe he's hit his ceiling, but he often says, I don't know what his ceiling is, but he's going to reach it because of that work ethic, because of that uh, mentality, the the intangibles. And, you know, I think sometimes uh, critics can can become uncomfortable with intangible things. There's no measurement for work ethic. I mean, you know, before you mentioned the coaching staff, before things even started here in Philadelphia, he went out to Southern California to work with Tom House and Adam uh, Daydu to, to, to work on his mechanics and knew he had to improve his footwork. And, and all of a sudden the accuracy spikes up. You know, that's Jalen. That's Jalen taking in a lot of ways in the modern NFL because you're restricted as coaches and organizations from spending time with the players. They they have to take it under their own sort of auspices. And do they want to get better on their own time? And some guys want to, you know, go on vacation. Some guys want to have fun in the offseason. Jalen's just working, working to get better. Uh, and I think that's one of the underreported uh, parts of his improvement because, you know, back in the old days, your season's over and the quarterback was back in the facility the next week and you're just constantly working, constantly working. Can't do that anymore. But Jalen Hurts makes it, uh, you know, his, his own personal business to get better all the time. And I, I don't know if there's a lot of, of – quarterbacks in the NFL with that same work ethic. John, we were looking at the NFC, though, even with the potential that the Eagles take a step back. And outside of the Niners, and we've got issues, obviously, with Brock Purdy and his health, really quickly we have about 45 seconds. Do you think that there's still the team to beat in the NFC, given how uh, wide open it is? Uh, the Eagles are the – I think the Niners are actually better equipped if they can solve the quarterback problem. And I don't know if Brock Purdy's the answer. I know Jimmy Garoppolo is not. But if you think about the success the 49ers have had without a, a top-tier quarterback, it tells you what the rest of the roster is. Now, the Eagles, as we sit here right now, as I said, they're the most well-rounded team. But as you mentioned, they have so many free agents. Yeah. They're, they're going to lose guys. They're going to lose Bradbury. They're going to lose Miles Sanders. They're going to lose a number of other free agents. So you got to see who's back. Yeah, that's certainly the most important thing is being able to figure out who they're going to spend money on in free agency. John McMullen, great stuff. Good Appreciate stuff. you coming on with us, man. Thank you. All right, thanks for having me.